Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Pause Podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm running the show today. Um, so here at The Pause, um, we want to carve out space for you to pause and pay attention mm-hmm. to your soul and to um, take a look at some scripture. And um, we have been in James, and we are nearing the end. We're at James chapter 5. Um, so we're going to zoom in and focus on um, two verses today. So it's James five thirteen through 14. So I'll read those. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So there was a time in my life when prayer was a complete mystery to me. Um, there I st- still is a complete mystery to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping to learn a lot in this episode. <laughs> uh, I I remember studying it. I read books on it. I read mm-hmm. blogs on it. I met with different pastors about it. I asked a million questions about it. Um, I practiced all different kinds of prayer, structured prayer, silent prayer, jumbled prayer. I've done lists. I've done the days. I've done the note cards. <laughs> um, but I felt like the more I learned, the less I knew mm-hmm. um, that prayer was just felt really difficult and weird. Yeah. Um, and then there came a time in my life, maybe just after this intentional time of study, where I just got tired um, when I felt like prayer wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And especially in ministry, um, there was crisis, and there was prayer, and there was still crisis, and like crisis on top of crisis on top of crisis, and prayer felt really useless. Um, and it felt like uh, maybe some of the compassion fatigue you talked about, but it was like I was praying for so many people. Um, and it was confusing and, um, I'm a logical person, I think, and I couldn't figure it out and I wanted to know how prayer worked, but I just didn't know how it worked. Um, and I grew tired of all the need and people asking for prayer and I didn't really know how to help them. Um, and I remember thinking like, is prayer really the only way to help? And what Mm. was prayer really doing for these people? Yeah. Um, how much prayer was enough and do we change God's mind? Yeah. Um, and so I remember I packed up prayer and I put it in a box and I stuffed it away. Yeah. Um, but in those months that I spent prayerless or absently acknowledging it, those months were some of the hardest of my life. Um, I lived lost. I lived by pride. I lived confused. I lived tethered to my emotions. Mm. Um, and only looking back now can I see that the way I was living was in direct correlation to my prayer life. At the time, you just thought it was like just a more difficult season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why am I so, why do I feel this way? Why yeah. am I tethered to my emotion? I love that visual. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I had misunderstood prayer all along mm. um, and that maybe prayer works far deeper and bigger and wider than I realized. Um, and maybe I was making prayer about me and how I could help people. But maybe prayer was more about where I was centering myself and who I was coming back to and what I was dependent on. Um, and maybe it was more about the presence of God than I anticipated. Um, but I remember the the one thing I heard over and over again in those months was that prayer was like not an option. Um, that we cannot be fickle or negotiable about the role of prayer. Um, when I would meet with people and read, they weren't like, do this if you if you want to. It was like prayer is not an option. It is a priority. And like by this, we must live. And prayer is the root of faith. Um, I heard it and I read it over and over again in friends' blogs and sermons, my church history textbook. <laughs> I like couldn't avoid prayer. Yeah. So I like stuffed it away, but it was like, I it was everywhere. 
it was prayer is the way that we operate. Prayer is our guide. It keeps us centered. Um, prayer keeps us ever aware of the presence of God. It's a posture, and it's not a cop-out, which I thought was a cool um, distinction that I learned. Mm. Um, it's an intimacy with the Lord. It's not a performance on my end. Um, and I learned that we don't pray up to heaven, that God is all around us, and He is here. I really like that visual. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is what James writes about, um, this prayer, like, all the time um, in every situation. Are you suffering in the midst of a great child? Pray. Are you cheerful? Pray. Are you sick? Gather people around you and pray. And I don't think I ever really doubted the importance of prayer or, or when to use prayer. Um, I just wasn't sure how to do it or what yeah. it was supposed to look like. Um, but the idea of prayer is posture. Prayer is priority. Prayer is essential. Prayer is the root of faith. Those words repeated to me over and over again. And I I think it filled my heart and refreshed my mind for the first time, maybe in my faith hmm. ever, that I, I was like, this is the characteristic of the church, of the people of God, that we must be people of prayer. And prayer is our reminder. And we've talked about this, that we are conduits. We're not sources. Yeah. And I think I'd made my prayer life or made me as a person and as a person in ministry this is about me. And if you're the if you're the source, then you you it makes sense that you dry it out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um and so life is always crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um the weight is always heavy. Yep. The weight is always that heavy. That doesn't change. That doesn't change whether you're in ministry or not. This yeah. is like the weight is always heavy. Um and I think James is writing here that the weight is not meant to carry alone. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beauties of prayer. Um, yes, we have like people, tangible people in our corner. That's why we like to call it in our corner because mm-hmm. life can feel like a boxing ring sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, people in our corner who help us and they are tangible grace. Um, but I think I've begun to see and am still in the process of seeing um, that there are greater hands meant to help shoulder the burden with me. And I don't mean that cliche because um, that can sound Christianese, but like I really believe that it is lighter when we turn to God. I really feel as a body person in, in the um, Enneagram, the body triad, it is lighter for me to turn to God. And I think the way to do that is through prayer. Um, and I've learned that even when it's jumbled and I'm not sure what I'm saying, or I'm like kind of awkwardly throwing words up to God in desperation, not really sure what's falling or what's sticking or how this whole thing's even working. Um, I think that's the beauty of it. And then it yeah. becomes less about our performance, but... Um, I remember, so I keep a conversation in the back of my mind um, often. Um, I met with a, a pastor friend several years ago in Charlotte, and um, he told me a story of when he was called on for prayer in a time of tragedy and death. Um, there was a child in the hospital kind of tragedy. Like, it was it was yeah. bad. Um, he said he had the same thought, the same wrestling. The impact of the sadness was almost overwhelming, and he was like, what was that time of prayer? What did that really do? Yeah. We didn't do anything. We didn't heal anything. And he said, the man he was with, another pastor said, we pray until God reveals otherwise. We pray until we don't. It's so simple that it feels really stupid. Yes. But then it feels really yes. beautiful. And like, That's it. We pray until we don't. Yeah. And something about that was like, yes. Um, so I think the fullness of prayer will always be a mystery. And for some reason, that feels so comforting to me. There's freedom in There's that. There's freedom in that. And I think it's meant to be a mystery. Um, but God has called us to a life of prayer. And I think I'm committed to the obedience of it. Mm. Um, 
And there are days when I think about the state of the world, this dark and divided world, and my empathetic instinct feels really crushed. Um, or I think about all the things I need to do in my own life, things that fit on to-do lists and things that are bigger, and it can feel crushing or paralyzing or mm, like I can yeah. like be in the fetal position. <laughs> um, but I'm learning to turn towards prayer um, and intimacy with God because that truly is the way to wisdom, which James talks about, right? That wisdom from above, he's our source. I think prayer truly is the way to wisdom and the awareness of his presence is the unveiling of Emmanuel, God with us, which is the name for God that I connect with the most mm-hmm. um, is Emmanuel, which means God with us, his presence. Um, and sometimes I feel, this is probably attaching my humanity to God, but sometimes I feel like I have to explain myself to God. And then I cringe while I'm waiting for his response, like he's a judgmental friend. Yeah. Um, but he knows, and he enters in, and he's kind, and he's always good. Um, so I love the how wide and expansive these verses in James are. Um, when you're in trial, come and pray. Um, that is your posture to come before the Lord because He's good. Um, when you're full of joy, come and sing a prayer of praise. When you're sick physically or spiritually, call for the leaders of the church to come and pray for you. Pray in community with the body of Christ. In every circumstance, pray. Jesus says, just come. So that's kind of been my journey Yeah, in prayer. I think so. it's a journey, at least how you were describing it at the beginning, just having so many questions and becoming yeah. exasperated, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what comes to your mind, kind of diving into the first question, when you think of prayer? Like, where does prayer confuse you? Where does prayer bring you life? Um, prayer confuses me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Prayer is really difficult for me. Um, and I was thinking about it while you were talking. And I've been in... I've been um, candid about this. I've been in in pretty hardcore therapy for a couple of months now. And one of the many things I learned about myself is that I have a difficulty expressing needs. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm disconnected from my needs. I've spent a lifetime making myself low maintenance um, Hmm. in denying that I have needs. Um, And I... As you were talking, I was like, hmm, I'm pretty sure that factors into my prayer life. Yeah, yeah. How can you talk to a God that you're dependent on without being able to say that you have needs? Wow. What would you have to say? Hmm. Other than like, like I do a lot of gratitude praying. Like, that's my thing. I could live all day in it. Prayer of gratefulness. Like, Mm -hmm. I know the science behind that. I know the benefits of it. And I truly am grateful for so much in my life. That I've got down pat, but for the mm. the I don't know if it's the opposite, but for the the counter measure there to ask for what I need mm. um, to express the things I'm maybe not so grateful at. I I don't know how to do that with the humans in my life, much less with my Creator. With God. Um, and so I think that that's playing in there as far as like prayer being confusing to me. I think. Um, authentic communication hmm. around the subject of needs is is confusing to me and yeah. that extends to yeah. my communication with yeah. god yeah um and there that feels hopeful to me that as yeah. i'm growing and learning and healing yeah. through therapy and learning to express what i need and what i feel 
and seeing the beauty and sharing with the people who love me and then being able to respond and mm. to, to speak life over me and yeah. tell me who I really am yeah, and to respond to my needs and to love me. That's been an incredible process. And mm. I, I feel hopeful and confident that as I learn to do that in the rhythm of my prayer life, that I'll be able to receive um, and savor care and um, truth that much more deeply from yeah. God if yeah. I'm able to yeah. open this part of myself. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, one of the things um, about me, I have a really chaotic mind. Mm-hmm. I would describe it as that. Um, it's It can be overwhelming. I have a lot of thoughts. It's pretty much constantly running a lot of lies. Um, it can feel untamed at times. And um, I remember I would always, I used to really view prayer as like they had to be always set aside time, like at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, mm-hmm. you would sit and acknowledge God and thank him, which is great. I think there's intentionality there. That's awesome. Um, but there's that scripture Paul talks about, like, pray without ceasing. And yeah. I'm being like, I never understood what that meant, um, what Paul was talking about. Like, pray all the time. Like, never stop praying. How is that? How do we do that? Um, but I remember reading something by Henry Nowen, who's one of my favorites. One of the the experts on prayer, Very I best. Say. Very best resources on prayer. And he read it. I wish I had the quote with me, but he wrote this um, paragraph about prayer um, and he says, um, prayer is turning unceasing thinking into unceasing praying. Oh, cool. And it's turning the, mo- the monologue. You're like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's my life. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty and good it's like at that. turning the monologue that you have into a dialogue with God. Oh, that's and I really had, beautiful. Yes, and that is like my prayer approach. And I had never read anything like that yeah. before. And so now that's what I do. That's how I pray is like all day I'll have thoughts um, or I have things I can't figure out or shame or lies or whatever. And I'm just like turning them to God. I'm like, Hey God, do you hear this? Yeah. Like, Hey, what should I do here? Hey God, take this. And, um, I'm pretty constantly turning this thinking into praying. Yeah. And it helps me with the awareness, the Emmanuel. So I'm like, yeah. God is here all around. Um, so that's been one of the best and I'll put that resource in the show notes because it was really, um, transformational for me. Cause I'm like the way actually the, way that God made me is actually the way he made me to connect with him. Yeah. Um, this unceasing thinking is unceasing praying. So He's not waiting for you to figure out a different way to communicate. No. He's not like calm your mind and then pray. Yeah. It's like prayer is the way to calm your mind. He's like, I love that mind. <laughs> yes. Let me so, talk to it. Um, so the d- second question, and we've kind of talked about this, but so much of faith requires living in the mystery. Oh, yeah. Uh, so where do you live in the mystery when it comes to your relationship with God? I love that question. Yeah. Let me keep my answer brief. <laughs> I was thinking as you were talking about this sermon, and I'll mm. link out to it because it was one of the best I've heard. My pastor here in Nashville, this was months ago, maybe last year mm. actually, did a sermon on prayer. And he was talking, he sort of mentioned it offhand, but he's talking about this theory he read once. You know that that classic scripture on prayer that says like, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you, you will, will find. find. Knock and the door will be yes. opened. Yep. And he's saying so much of us feel disheartened about prayer and about this whole mystery surrounding prayer because of this verse that we think like, well, I asked and I didn't, and I get, didn't it. get it. Yep. I knocked. I didn't, like I saw it. I didn't find anything. No mm. one's been opening this door. I've been knocking on yeah. for 15 years. Like 
what's going on here. I must have messed up prayer. Like I can't just sit in the mystery of it when there's this like pretty obvious promise yeah. here. Like where's the disconnect? Yeah. And he talked about this theory that one of the authors he read had that, and it's like a whole sermon's worth of theory, theory so I have to link out to it. But basically that ask, seek, and knock are not just reiterations of the same idea, but they're actually stages of faith mm. that we move through as we grow in relationship with God. That like when you first um, are walking in your relationship with God and learning how to pray, um, you you ask and it's given to you. Like God is establishing mm. his relationship with you. And it's a, I think it's, some, he said it's something like um, his provision goes into your hand. That's the extent yeah. of your relationship. Mm. And then as you come to trust him and to know him and to start to recognize his presence in your life, then you mature into a season of seeking mm. and finding that you look for God in mm. places um, and seek him out as opposed yeah. to just asking for his provision. You start to seek him out in the bright and the dark areas of your life. And then as you start to be able to, uh, to recognize his presence um, mm. in your life, then the final most mature stage of faith mm. is the, the knocking and the doors mm. being open. And that's when we so implicitly trust God's provision for us and his presence in our life that we know He'll give us what we need, whether it's what we yes. ask for or not. Yes. And good. we know that he's in our life, whether we see him or not. Once those two good. things are established through the through the asking and the seeking phases, then we get to move into the knocking phase, which is with those two things established, we're able to just pound on different doors in the name of mm. Jesus Yep. for the sake of God's kingdom that like... We get called to these different mm. doors in our life, and it's our job to just keep pounding with all the gifts and experiences that we have. So, like, yeah. whether it's, um, you know, human trafficking or yeah. um, ecological disasters yes. or single yes. moms or, like, yep. an area of your life where you see a deep need for the transformational work of Jesus— when we have established his provision in our life and we trust that and we trust his presence mm. in our life, then we get to advocate yes. for the kingdom. That's good. And that's where the yeah. knocking is. And I think for me, um, sitting in the mystery, that was so much easier knowing that like just because I ask for something mm -hmm. or look for something and I that's it's not what I thought it would be. I think I was like, what did I miss? Right. Do I need to go back to the basics? Like I've been a Christian for a long time. What am yes. I getting wrong at this yes. point? And it's like, no, I think I'm actually in a knocking phase of my mm. life where like I'm like being asked to advocate for people who are less fortunate than me. I'm being mm. drawn to these groups in my life that need someone yeah. to just keep yeah. knocking on a yeah. door. Yeah. And I and getting a little emotional. Yeah. It's so it's such a beautiful interpretation of that mystery. Yes. That we all find yes. ourselves sitting in and yes. at some point in our yes. life. Yes. It gives a little more um purpose to it, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's good. Purpose in the mystery. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Thanks. Yeah, what about really you? Um I think I'm learning um that faith is is a mystery. <laughs> um <laughs> As like obvious as that sounds, I think I, um, I think I expect that I need to know all the answers. Yeah, um, and it's so subconscious. Like I don't consciously walk through my life being like I need to know the answers. It's just something that comes over me as an expectation of myself that 
I need to know the answers. And whether that means giving them to people or just, like, knowing them. But that's, like, not real. (laughs) Nor is that healthy. (laughs) Um, So that's, like, one side of the mystery. But also, like, um, a really good friend of mine recently, we were talking through just, like, circumstances in our life. And when things happen, we don't understand. Um, And she said, I'm trying to, I'll try to explain it without going through the whole context. But she's like, it's either one of two options when things happen. It's either one, it's like my fault. And that's what I do. I take, I'm like, it's my fault and my failure. I screwed up. Yeah, I screwed up. So I'm going to go through every conversation, every decision. I'm going to peel back the last like couple years. Like what (laughs) happened? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I spend my time doing. Where did I go wrong? Yeah, Yeah. where did I go wrong? So that, because that's control. I'll find that. Or the second option is that God is a mystery. Yeah. And that one is scarier. (laughs) Yeah. Because that one feels. There's no control. No control. Um, and so I think when she said that, I was like, I have spent a long time working through, I, I did something wrong and yeah. there's a pressure, but she's like, God is a mystery. What if he's doing something like far beyond what we can see? And I was like, I want to live, um, I want to live my life that like God is a mystery mm. and not that everything's my fault. It's yeah. so self-centered, you know? So I think that's where, um, her, that line or that sentence is like over and over in my mind. Yeah. God is a mystery. And it's beautiful. It's like a good yeah. thing. So Because would you really want to believe in a God or follow mm. him if you could figure him out in your tiny right. little brain? Right. Not no. that you, you no. have a tiny brain. But like, no. You know, well, I do have a tiny of, brain. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah, my brain is tiny. Or would I want to live in a world that everything is my fault? Or yeah, everything exactly. that happens that to us? That much That much power, power? or control? No, I'm not. That is a scary world. <laughs> we should really be scared. Um, so that was like the mystery, I think, is a grace. I remember you telling me that. And I yeah. was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. So, well, cool. Let's move into our time of meditation okay. and mindfulness. Um, so today we're, today we're just going to l- simply create space to simply pray. Oh, tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Oh, is this confusing for you? (laughs) Do it. Do it. Mystery. (laughs) We're sitting in it. Here's some time to do that. (laughs) Um, So we're going to use this time to get still, get silent, to tap into the presence of God within and and around. Um, So this is a time just you and the Lord. Um, But also what's comforting is that there are listeners doing this alongside you. Um, it's what Mari and I like to call together alone time. Oh, together alone time. We're together. One of the great gifts of my We're life. alone. Yes. Um, so use whatever prayer method you are comfortable with. Um, if prayer is foreign to you, you've never prayed before, um, you can simply start by having a conversation with God. And it's that simple. Um, so acknowledge Him. Say hi. Um, thank Him for something He's done in your life. Praise Him for who He is. Ask Him questions about Himself. Um Ask him for help for yourself and for others. The possibilities are endless. Um, and if you are in a place like an office or you've got people around you, um, you can do this quietly. Um, do this in your mind as well. So we'll take a couple minutes and then I'll close in prayer.
God, thank you for who you are and what you have done for us. God, thank you for your love and your kindness, your compassion, your grace. God, that when you look at us, you see Jesus. Um, God, thank you that we can approach you and simply talk to you. Um, and God, that you are you are good and kind, and that is your heart towards us. Um, God, help us to live in the mystery. God, because the mystery is is a grace. Um, God, so whatever each one of us brought before you today, God, I pray that um, we will walk from this moment in peace and wisdom and abundance. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media, along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.